Welcome in, pile. Seven o'clock. It's Wednesday. It's a wine about a Wednesday with Dallin Wine. Something you need to get off your chest. Today is the day to do it. Text or call us. Chick fil A breakfast team phone line 970 Oh, oh, there's some other stuff going on, too. Looks like Sean Payton will be the next head coach of the Denver Broncos. Your reaction to that today? We'll have our response coming up here in a few minutes. And he won't be drafting in the first round for the entirety no, of his no, tenure. No, no, no. It feels that way. No. No. Settle, settle down. Settle down, champ. Settle down. Settle down, sport. You okay with that? I'm calling you champ of the sport. Sure. It just <laughs> makes me feel like you've forgotten my name. Good job last night. You and uh, Jake on on the full court coverage last night. And also, let's just throw this in there. Tom Brady posting a video today. What y'all have for sound check? Calling it quits. Yep. Remember, he did this before, though. Yeah. This year. Today, actually. (laughs) A year ago today. I think he's screwing with us. I I think he might just be doing that. I did put out on Twitter. I retweeted the video. And I said, we look forward to wishing him a happy retirement on February 1st, 2024. It's every year. Yeah. February 1st. Just keep it going. It's a yearly tradition. The groundhog on the second. Tom Brady retires on the first. 40 days later. Yep. He's back. Okay. I mean, this time it seems mm-hmm. like it's the real deal I I'm, I don't know NFL Network rolled Kyle Brandt out of a casino in Vegas <laughs> at like 5.30 this morning local time to do a do a little spot on it you know it's serious oh you bet Ian Rappaport didn't have a tie on so you know Serious business. But the business that place I'm more concerned about is Sean Payton coming to Denver. Mm-hmm. Your advisor's ready. Like I've talked about, I've never been a visor guy. If you want if you like a visor, great. Wear a visor. I've been known to wear a visor here and there. Yeah. I ha- I got one as a uh, souvenir from our trip, so Okay. It's just for January, you can't really wear visors. I I guess for me, I've just I've never seen the point of a visor. Just wear a ball cap then. I mean, really, wear sunglasses. Okay, mm-hmm. wear sunglasses. I just I've just never. I remember I've told the story before. One time we were at some place like Ross or something like that, and they had like a Broncos visor, super cheap like five bucks or something. Mm-hmm. And I put it on, I turned to Ken and I go, what do you think? And she goes, I think you need to put that right back in that bin. That's why you're not a visor guy. Because <laughs> that looks ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, fair point, because I'd always kind of thought that, but maybe at that stage of my life, I was visor guy. Maybe I could wear a visor. And uh, I was told quickly, no, no, you cannot wear a visor. It, it's, not, it's not a good look. But hey, for Sean Payton, I, I don't care... 
if he wears one of those Shriners fezes. I, mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't care what he wears. Just on the if we line. get him on the show, I will have to tell him that you think he looks stupid in a visor. <laughs> I said more about me. I just don't, I don't see the point. I didn't say he looks stupid. That's he's not going to know that. You're putting words in my mouth. I know that's the fun part. I'm just I've just never got the point of a visor. I've just or a ball cap or sunglasses. I've just never I've never got the visor. If you like visors, that's great. I'm I'm not condemning you. I'm just saying I've never understood the need for one. When there's other, to me, more viable options, better options than a visor. But Sean Payton looks like he'll be the next Broncos head coach. We'll dive into this more next hour, and we'll intermittently throughout the morning, obviously. I think Denver comes out of this deal pretty good, actually. They give up this year. They give up the 29th pick in the first round, which, let's be honest, bottom half of the first round. Mm-hmm. You know, are, are you are you getting a guy that you hope will be a starter? Sure. And that's first round, right? First round, you typically, you're expecting those guys to at least be starters or play a lot in the first couple of years. I don't, I don't really have a problem with what they're giving up. If they had to give up another first-rounder next year, I would be... I wouldn't be as positive about this deal because that's a lot. Back-to-back years of first-rounders, that's a lot to give up. But they give up a second-rounder next year. They get a third-rounder back in 2024. And if Peyton lives up to what he he's supposed to do, right? Offensive genius. I mean, in the history of the league, minimum 40 games coached. He has the highest points per game at 27.6 per game. His worst season's been seven and nine, mm-hmm. which around these parts right now would taste pretty good. <laughs> it would be would be a stark improvement over what we've seen. I I think it's a good move for the Broncos. I think it's turned into I, I and I'm not did was Harbaugh the target? It seemed like Harbaugh was the guy they wanted, the pinner wanted. It was a bit it like felt that way. It was a little bit like I'm going to fly to Ann Arbor. Are you sure? Jim, are you sure you don't want the job? Are you sure? Khakis for life. We'll get you. We'll get you hooked up. Khakis for life. Yeah, he go, has to go to Bentonville for a Walmart meeting, and then he swings by Ann Arbor on his way home just to check in again. I was in the neighborhood. Figured I'd swing by, see if you still want to coach Michigan again. I think. I think it was a little one A one B though. I think it was Harbaugh because there wasn't going to be the compensation. Payton with the compensation made it more problematic. And when it became very, very clear that Jim Harbaugh was was not going to take this job, then it became, you know, a, a paramount to to get something done with Sean Payton. That they had to get it done. And I think I think what they end up giving up in this deal, I don't think it's a it's not to me, it's not as much of a backbreaker as it was to get Russell Wilson. Yeah. Right? I mean, you, you gave up a lot more to get Russell Wilson than to get Sean Payton. And for me, I, I see it differently. Maybe this is just me reading the tea leaves differently. To where Sean Payton was kind of the reserve choice, I guess. Well, that's what I was meaning. That yeah. he was that Harbaugh, like He's the safety school. Exactly. Because they already knew what the compensation was going to be for the Saints. It was just them wanting to pull the trigger and then getting Sean Payton to want to come there. Jim Harbaugh was a little different because he had a job. And 
compensation was different in terms of what you had to compensate. But you're still going to have to probably help Jim Harbaugh with the buyout at Michigan. Which was $3 million, which was... You know, Not, for this that's ownership what you're going to pay for a late first round draft pick. Yeah, I mean, for the for this organization, that that wouldn't have been anything. No, I don't think that was that was never a a, a stumbling block. You're still going to have to get him to give up a pretty prime gig to come to Denver. If you're Absolutely. Jim Harbaugh. For Sean Payton, it was like, okay, no Jim Harbaugh. We know what it's going to take to get Sean Payton. Let's just do that. Not saying it was a they're settling for Sean Payton, but I feel like. That was kind of in the back pocket. All they needed to do was just get Sean to agree to come there. Right, and that's why I said 1A, 1B. Mm-hmm. That that Harbaugh, because there wasn't the compensation involved, that that made him the more attractive candidate. Plus, there was a relationship with Condoleezza Rice and so and, and the Penners. And so there were things. It wasn't that I think the Broncos thought Jim Harbaugh is a better coach than Sean Payton. It's there's less of a price tag to pay for a guy that we know fairly well. We don't know Sean Payton that well. We know the resume. We know what that that bring, what, what he brings to the table. But then there's the compensation that that comes with that. That let's make sure that Jim Harbaugh doesn't want this job. You know, there's been some debate about D'Amico Ryan's whether the Broncos reached out to him or not on Sunday night, whether that happened or not. Ryan's now the head coach of the Houston Texans, and so there's there's debate about what what that it was all about. I think that it, it just came down to that they realized that, that that Harbaugh wasn't coming. They wanted to make sure that he wasn't interested. And like, okay, let's 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 pay the Saints what they want. Let's get this let's get this deal done and let's bring a guy in that has had an incredible track record in terms of productive offenses. And and Sean Payton, you cannot deny the the you know the twenty seven point six points per game. That's that's an impressive number, and he's a big reason for that. And so I, I personally think, while I, I still like Dan Quinn, I, I feel like Dan Quinn would have done a, a really nice job in Denver. The compensation to me was always the thing, and people keep bringing up Bounty Gate. And look, I, I I don't like that that Sean Payton turned a blind eye to to Greg Williams and Bounty Gate. I don't like that. But at some point, you've got to let that go. I mean, that can't be the reason why you don't want to hire him as a head coach. And also, he served his year of being suspended. Yeah. At some point, guys, you, you you do the crime, you do the time. He did. And at some point, you got to move on with things. And the biggest punishment from that was having to be portrayed by Kevin James. Exactly. That was far worse than the year one-year suspension. And the Bounty Gate thing, it's like holding or tampering. Everyone does it. They got caught. Buddy Ryan did. You know, so it's like, all right, this is great. The NFL made an example of them because we care about player safety. We just can't have this in the league. Well, what about the 31 other teams that have some semblance of this, right? It's just not as organized. Quarterback gets knocked out of a game. The defensive lineman that knocked him out has a new Rolex. It's weird how that happens. Oh, but that's not a bounty gate scandal, you know? So the bounty gate thing for me is kind of, well, even go, then go it was a little ho Buddy Ryan, as yeah. I referenced. I mean, that was a fairly well-documented, you know, organized thing like bounty gate was. Mm-hmm. Of guys being compensated for taking guys out. It's 
kind of ho-hum, right? It was like, yeah, it's a bad look that they got injured, you know. But if nobody gets injured, no one really bats an eye. If you just sack Brett Favre and he doesn't get hurt or whoever Brett it was. Favre. Brett Favre. Then does is it really a thing? No. And I, I still don't believe that they had a this intricate a system specifically to injure guys. Which is what everybody is making it out to be. I just I well, suppose I that just what Jonathan Vilma was involved in that, Greg Williams, defensive coordinator of the Saints. I mean, there there was some orchestration to it and Peyton did right. know what was going on. But at some point, you know, if that if that's your reason why you're not gonna hire Sean Payton, that's a poor reason why. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna if you're gonna hold on to that forever, yeah. You need to let that go. The man served his year. You had to have Kevin James play him in a Netflix movie. Yep. I think he's paid the price. And I'll say that if you're still holding on to Bounty Gate as a reason to not like Sean Payton, you don't get to celebrate any wins. Because they're Sean Payton wins. <laughs> so Sean Payton wins. So, I mean, for me, I didn't have him as my top guy. A lot of people now, of course, in the media, well, he was always the guy that, you know, well, no, that's, I, I heard other things from other people, and then they've, well, of course, Sean Payton was the, going to be the guy. I think that Sean Payton was certainly was certainly the guy they wanted and would have been the number one guy if there wasn't the price tag attached. Denver's agreed to the price tag, and the price tag is is not nearly as shocking in terms of the, the trade compensation as it was for, like, John Gruden to go from the Raiders to the Bucks. that I mean, there was two first-round picks involved there mm-hmm. for John Gruden. I mean, this is a low, this is a late first-round pick and a second-round pick. I think if you're Denver, you can live with that. And it looks like Peyton's going to make somewhere between seventeen and twenty million dollars per year on the books. Well, they can you can pay coaches whatever. Well, right, but you can pay you coaches know, whatever. You, I've been following along with Florio and crew talking about how you know you can pay coaches whatever but you don't want to be the guy that goes Jimmy Haslam right and completely resets the market for coaches no 17 to 20 is still kind of in the market yeah right and will there be other compensation be other com- right absolutely like Walmart stock or something like that yeah there'll be other compensation mm-hmm. that isn't out there right for he gets one of those sweet blue vests Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Smiley face. The smiley face. Sure. I'm here to help. Hopefully he's here to help the Broncos offense, which has been one of the worst in the league ever since PFM. Maybe he's going to be like a Walmart employee when I need something. When Russell Wilson's walking down the hallway, he just ducks into another room, (laughs) goes down another aisle. Nope, nope, nope. Sorry, personal shopping. Can't help you. That'd be hilarious. That'd be a great bit. You know how Peyton went in and filmed the intern bit? Right. That would be a great bit for Peyton to film now. Go in and like the, bring in a Walmart vest and the whole deal. That'd be hilarious. I'll oh, get on that. Okay. You you get that to Omaha Productions. Yeah. See if they He's can not that doing happen. anything, right? No. Nothing at all right now. And then there's Brady who announced his retirement again yep. today. Back-to-back years. Yeah. 2-1. Jeff Darlington of ESPN says the Bucks found out Brady's plan shortly before the rest of the world did. 
that Brady informed the team of his plans at 6 o'clock this morning, Eastern time, so 4 o'clock our time. And You're retired. Kinda, what are you doing getting up that early? And it kind of came down to either Brady's going to play for the Bucs or he's going to retire. That's kind of what everything I've been reading that kind of came down to the decision. It's like, you know what? I think I'm just done. Like I'm, or he's not done until, until the season starts and he's not that's, there. I was that's getting how, ready to say the exact same thing. That's how I view this until considering what the history has been with Tom Brady. When the season, I don't even care if training camp starts, training camp could start mm-hmm. and he, and he could probably walk in there, you know, Couple of weeks before the opener, and go, give me some work. Let, get, get me, give me, the, give me lathered up, and I'll get going. And we know quarterbacks get hurt during the season, and the Bucks are going to have to go forward with Blaine Gabbert and whoever else. I'm, I'm not Kyle even willing. Yeah, I'm not even willing to stop at opening week. If we get to the Super Bowl next year, and Tom Brady hasn't played, then I'll believe he's done. But until then, I'm like, I'm always going to be looking. A quarterback goes down, cart comes out, fencing posture, whatever. Quarterback gets concussed. Like, oh, are they, are they calling TB12? Is he is he on the phone? Let's check Twitter. Because I'm just not going to, after last year, I can't believe it. I won't believe it until we get a full season in the books without Tom Brady. One final thing about Peyton and about Bounty Gate. Because I don't want to spend the whole morning talking about Bounty Gate. That in the case of Bounty Gate, it was a little bit like interesting Peyton and Brady kind of linked here to this morning. Mm-hmm. That it was the cover up more, the, the crime was bad enough. In the case, in the case of Sean Payton, this is just right. not Greg Williams or Joe Vitt or anybody else, any of the players involved, like Jonathan Vilma. In the case of just Sean Payton, it was him trying to cover it up, mm-hmm. like Brady trying to cover up the underinflated footballs, the got rid of the cell phone and and all that stuff. It was the cover-up in this case for Sean Payton more than his actual involvement in the Bounty Gate program. Was he heard about it, then he tried to cover it up, and then he got nailed for that. Right. Which doesn't make it a whole lot better. But still, at some point, you got to let that stuff go. You just have to. All right, 718. Busy high school basketball night last night with full court coverage. Also, uh, Delta Rifle last night. Palisade was taking on Eagle Valley. Got uh, a lot to get to on the program this morning. Cody Rourke, My Life Sports Radio, is going to join us at 820 for his normal segment. And then uh, Mike Rice, 850 KOA, Broncos Radio Network, 920 this morning. Get the latest from the front range on the hiring of Sean Payton. Your thoughts about it today, text or call us, 970-242-1340. And it's time for... What's happening? All right, and of course, what's happening brought to you by our friends over at ComWest. If you are looking for a brand new business phone system, like the one we have here at the radio station, ComWest put ours in. The transition was was seamless. They can help you. They're your technology partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. Everything from surveillance to network support to cybersecurity to business phone systems. Call them today. ComWest 970-242-8142. All right. So we get to it this morning that uh, Tom Brady has announced his retirement again. What, a year to the day? 
yep. that he announced his retirement. 40 days later, he returned to play for Tampa Bay. Tradition unlike any other. So the seven-time Super Bowl champion announcing today that he is retiring. In Broncos country, huge news that the coaching search uh, could very well be over. According to NFL Network, Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero, the team is finalizing an agreement on a trade with the New Orleans Saints for Sean Payton to become the Broncos' next head coach. The trade deal looks like this. Denver sends this year's first-round pick, the 29th overall, and next year's second-round pick to the Saints. Broncos get Payton and a third-round pick from the Saints in 2024. Former Colorado Rocky Dexter Fowler has announced his retirement after 14 seasons in the Bigs. Fowler was drafted by Colorado, got called up to the big leagues in 2008. He played for the Rockies, Astros, Cubs, Cardinals, and Angels. Fowler's the first player in World Series history with a Game 7 leadoff home run during the 2016 Chicago Cubs World Series run. On the NBA hardwood last night, Denver Nuggets scoring off against the New Orleans Pelicans last night. And for the Nuggets, they were able to uh, pick up the victory last night, uh, knocking off uh, the Pelicans last night, trying to grab that score this morning. My computer will cooperate with me, allow that to happen. Nuggets uh, getting the win last night over the Pelicans. I think it was 90-something, 80-something. I'll, I'll look that up. No, it was like 122. It was actually like 122 to, uh, oh, where'd it go? Oh, that was end of three. Sorry, my bad. 122-113. Yeah. No, Kolioke is 26 points last That's night. Close. Yeah, my, uh, my Got computer, a lot of points. My computer uh, kind of uh, going on the fritz here for the, just the moment. So uh, the Nuggets get the win last night over the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Zion Williamson did not play for the Pelicans in that one last night. Nuggets guard Bones Highland's been named to the NBA's Rising Stars Challenge. He becomes the fifth Nuggets player in team history to represent the Nuggets at the Challenge. Doing so in back-to-back years, Denver's had a member of the Rising Stars represented the last three challenges. Bones has appeared in 41 games this year, averaging 12.3 points per game in just under 20 minutes of action per contest. Signing days arrive for several Western Slope High School football players. Centralized Cash Walker and Devin Hickey will sign with Colorado Mesa today. Walker led the Warriors in receiving touchdowns of five, while Hickey played quarterback for Central and passed for 1,438 yards and nine touchdowns. He also played defensive back. Palisade lineman Nico Moreno is also slated to sign with coach Miles Cochaver and the Mavericks. Moreno's teammate Alex Everett will sign to play football at Concordia College. Fruita Monument Center long snapper Keen Bessert is signing to play long snapper at the University of Wisconsin. Delta wide receiver and safety Gavin Brewer will sign with Western Colorado University. And tonight on the team, we'll have our Mavericks signing day show from the Blue Moon tonight, downtown, 5 until 6 o'clock. We'll be down there with Miles Cochaver, Maverick coaches, and local players that are signing with Colorado Mesa. Also, you have uh, some other athletes signing out at Fruita Monument today. And you have um, soccer player Kayla Selietta will play soccer at the University of Colorado with teammate Reagan McKee signing with Nebraska Kearney. Boys soccer player Nathan Hallberg is signing at Franciscan University in Ohio with wrestler Apollonia Middleton signing to wrestle at Colorado Mesa University. And uh, basketball last night, plenty of high school basketball. Grand Junction Tiger boys pulled off an upset at Fruita Monument last night, getting the win 47-44. to Will Applegate led the way with 12 points in that one, and Tigers head coach Isaac Madison proud of the way that Applegate played against the Wildcats. Will does everything we ask him on a daily basis. Uh, he's a really hard worker. He's a great kid. He's a multi-sport athlete, and he just gives us everything he has. And so I can't say enough about him or, or any of his teammates. Everybody did exactly what we asked of them tonight, played really hard, and, and really did a good job. Fruita Monument girls picked up the win last night over Grand Junction, 53-14. to Liv Campbell led the way for the Wildcats with 21 points. Riley Applegate had five for Grand Junction elsewhere. Central boys basketball team, they get the win against Montrose, 45-42 last night. Montrose girls, they beat Central last night. They get some uh, revenge for the loss earlier up in Montrose. 
46-33. And uh, Red Hawks coach Steve Skiff says his girls are full of confidence moving forward after a big win against Central. A lot of confidence. I mean, it is a Southwestern League, so uh, every night's a tough night, but this is a huge confident boost for, for our team, and um, it doesn't get any easier, but this makes it taste a heck of a lot better. Both Palisade basketball teams lost their home games to Eagle Valley Tuesday night. Bulldog girls fell to the Devils 41-40. to Addie Ritterbush had 17 in the loss. Bulldog boys lost a one-point game to Eagle Valley uh, 45-44. Palisade is now 8-10 overall, 0-2 in league. And the rifle or the uh, Delta girls basketball team won a rifle last night. Tatum Miller had 19 points for the Panthers in that one. Delta boys also got the win last night, 78-27 over Rifle. Delta outscored Rifle 28-3 in the uh, second half. Junior Brett LaHue scored 20 points and had five assists in the victory last night. And that's a look at what's happening this morning. What's happening? Brought to you by ComWest. If you're looking for a new business phone system or help with your surveillance or cybersecurity, call ComWest today, 970-242-8142. We'll take a break. We'll come back. And Central Boys coach John Sedanich joins us next on The Jim Davis Show. Who do I listen to? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader. Whoever suggested that has got to be smoking crack and plenty of it. The team. Talking Central Boys basketball with coach John Sedanich on the team. And John Sedanich brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. John Sedanich joins us. Good morning, John. Congratulations on a big win over Montrose last night. Yeah, thanks, Jim. I felt felt really bad last night. I left Rio hanging after the game and um, wanted to make sure I apologized to him again. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, this morning, first thing he said was. Sedanich that hung, is you know, absolutely he, not true. He totally uh, hung me out to dry last night. Yeah, he, he left me sitting there. No, he did. He didn't say a word about it. There's no. a lot of happy fans, and I'm five seven, so I get lost in the crowd easily. Hey, look, you you had a lot to celebrate last night. It was a big win against Montrose. Uh, that snaps. What? Well, you had you won. You had uh, the the win last night. I mean, you've you lost ten straight to them, and before last night's game. I mean, that's. That's a big win for your basketball team. What's turned into a, a great season for the Warriors? Yeah, they, I think it's 2016-17. Uh, the last time we beat them, I think Coach Hayden's last year, um, and you know they've they've been, they've been very very good over that span, and um, their yeah their defense is suffocating, and uh, just really proud of our boys how we battled last night, hit some big shots at big moments, and how you beat good teams. John Sedanich, coach of the Central Boys basketball team, with us. Uh, Warriors now fourteen and four, three and one in Southwestern League, and you get the win last night, John, forty-five to forty-two. We've talked about how your de- team has been playing defensively. You've taken a page from your old coach Steve Phillips on on how you've addressed things on the defensive end. And I think when you look at a team, you know, like with the, with Caleb Ferguson, uh, with, with Leg, I mean, that's a really good basketball team that can certainly score it. Uh, that you have to be thrilled with the way your team played defensively last night against uh, the Red Hawks. Yeah, just really this, you know, this last, this little win streak we're on, our, our defense has, you know, really just been suffocating. It's, we've made it, um, you know, the way Coach Vo plays defense, too, I've always kind of, you know, hoped that that we could do that. And I feel like we're doing that. Last night was just a, you know, defensive battle and, 
bunch of big, strong, athletic kids out there, and it was fun to watch. Seven straight wins now for your basketball team. Uh, what went right last night that didn't go right the last time you played them in Montrose? Yeah, we hit some big shots. I, you know, we. Uh, I think that was the, you know, up in Montrose, we were two for eighteen from the three point line, and we didn't get to the free throw line much. And and you know, they were opposite of that. And uh, I really think that was the the difference in the game. We we felt like up there, we were right there. And um, you know, I think when you haven't beat a team like Montrose, you know, in so long, and you go to their place and. I think when we went up there, we weren't really sure if we were at their level yet. And I think after that game, that was kind of kind of the turning point for us, where we just realized that you know, um, you know, maybe we are a pretty good team. So, Warriors head coach John Sedan is joining us on the Jim Davis Show. We talked about the seven-game winning streak, six different leading scores for your team over that streak. Whether it's Cameron Redding, Braylon Scott, Santana Martinez, Jackson Amos. Last night it was Andrew Serrano who had the hot hand from long range. Is this kind of by design, or is this a, you know, whoever's got the hot hand, we're going to try to feed that guy the ball as long as he's hot? Yeah, I, we. I just think that's what makes us hard to guard, Jim, is like we actually talked about that after the game, and it's, you know, it's a different combination of two or three guys every night, and you know, we don't have to rely on one guy. You know, Braylon was, he battled through last night. He was under the weather, and he had a really big bucket, you know, I think with about two minutes left that pushed the lead to five. And, um, you know, but his teammates picked him up last night. And just, you know, Saturday was Jackson. He had, you know, 20 points against Eagle. And Christian, I think the night before against Palisade. And Santana is very consistent. And uh, Andrew uh, Serrano is, Ever since we went down to Durango, he has um, been more and more consistent. And, and Amari hit. In fact, I think last night, Montrose went on a 13-0 run. We were up 12 and um, took the lead by one. And then just about 10 seconds later, Amari just um, steps in and hits a huge jumper to um, get us back up by one. And uh, from there, we just solidified things on the defensive end you mentioned that run last night for Montrose to get the lead in years past maybe the team grips a little bit too much and loses control completely and ends up losing that game is that a growth factor for your team a lot of these guys another year of experience a lot of them played together last year to where they they, they got a little tight it seemed for a minute or two but they kind of loosened up again and really defensively, like you mentioned, kind of turn that into offense to survive that run. Yeah, I, that, I, I really, that's the difference is, you know, it's the different the experiences you go through together uh, the year, you know, last year. And uh, they just don't seem to let things bother them this year. Um, you know, teams throw things at us and uh, we just adjust and uh, keep plugging along. And one of the differences, I think, in last night's game, that look, Caleb Ferguson was going he's always going to get his leading leading score in the league he's a tremendous talent jake leg is always going to get his for coach volringer but the job he did on jacob hawks only had five points last night last time he played him he had 24 and he had six threes i mean that that right there john says a lot about why you won the game last night was what you did against jacob hawks this time that didn't happen the last time yeah you know andrew um on uh 
I kind of forget what day of the week it is right now, but I think it was uh, Saturday after the Eagle game. Uh, he he just said, Coach, I want to guard him. And he, you know, he kind of took it personally that, that he didn't play as well up in Montrose. And, uh, you know, we had some other guys guarding him last night too, but Andrew was on him most of the time and uh, just uh, did a great job on him. Well, now, John, you turn your attention to uh, your Valley rival, Fruitle Monument, coming up on Friday. And, you know, you look at the standings right now. Fruitle loses to Grand Junction last night. And, uh, you know, you're 3-1. and one. You've got the league lead right now. Uh, Fruitle's 2-1-1. Montrose at 2-2. Two two. This is a, a big game for your team coming up on Friday night. Yeah, just, uh, you know, a big week and exciting week. And uh, it's been a long time since we've, you know, been in this position and, uh, just really looking forward to uh, battling Fruta, and I think it's going to be a just another, you know, just another athletic battle. And looking forward to it. Well, the good news is it's not a ten-game losing streak against the Wildcats, so it hasn't been as long as it was against Montrose. <laughs> but uh, you know, with the fifty to forty-eight win uh, last year, but uh, you know, I, certainly your basketball team is playing outstanding on both ends of the floor. Congratulations on a big win against Montrose, and, and good luck against Fruta coming up on Friday, John. All right, Jim. We'll talk to you later. All right, thank you. John Sedanich, coach of the Central Warriors boys basketball team, playing really well right now. The defensive end look as good as they've been offensively. Braylon Scott and company, that their defense continues to be really, really impressive. I mean, they gave up 50 to Eagle Valley, but 37 to Palisade, 38 to Grand Junction, 47 to Montezuma-Cortez, 31 to Durango, on the road at Durango, mm-hmm. which makes it even That's more That's an 8-on-5 game, usually. Exactly. 37 to Glenwood. And, I mean, and so, I mean, they've they played outstanding defense, and that was a big part of of their success last night. Yeah, they really locked down on Jacob Hawks, who had that great game against them you know, three weeks and change ago, but he really had no room to maneuver. And Caleb Ferguson got 12, but he's 6'5". Central just doesn't have the height to compete with that. And then Braylon Scott under the weather, you know, holding that Ferguson kid to 12 points. Impressive. That's a pretty good job. You know, Jake uh, Jake Leg had a good night. Christian Miller hit some big free throws down the stretch, kind of, you know, the icy uh, blood in his veins there to knock some down and seal that win that's like i was talking to john about that's a game a couple years ago central might lose yeah you know with kids that just don't understand that we have five minutes left or we have four minutes left or whatever however much time is left once they call that time out after that run you have to experience games like that in order to win you have to learn how to win we talk about it every single level this team is kind of learning how to win and they did it on the fly last year Got into the playoffs this year. They're a formidable team in the Southwestern League. No doubt about it. And also last night, yeah, the Montrose girls getting their first league win. They uh, were victorious against Central. Got revenge against Mm -hmm. uh, the Warriors with that uh, previous loss at Lloyd McMillan a couple of weeks ago. And after the game, you had the chance to talk with uh, Red Hawks head coach Steve Skiff. Coach Steve Skiff joins us here at the scorer's table. Coach, you exact a measure of revenge from earlier la- this month against the Central Warriors. And you came to their house, and you played really great defensively. Wagner, Bryn Wagner and Manzanares had 22. They're yeah. going to get theirs. The rest of the team had 11. No, absolutely. Uh, credit to our defense. I mean, that's 
That's Montrose basketball right there on the defensive end. And our defense turned into offense tonight. I couldn't be more proud of all our girls. I mean, we got we got big contributions by everyone tonight. And, uh, you know, what? What? anytime you can get a league win on the road, that's a big thing. You had a uh, big night in the first half by Maggie Legg. She had 11 points and finished with 13 on the night. But the second half really taken over by your freshman, Macy Oberg. So a lot of balance, and we talked to you earlier this morning on the Jim Davis Show that you can only experience these games by playing these games. Right. How do you feel they kind of handled the environment? First road game against Central, one of the toughest teams in the league. Yeah, you know, big credit to our freshmen. I told them the other day they weren't freshmen anymore. They were seasoned vets, you know, and, and they played like it tonight. And, and, you know, again, Maggie, great first half, Macy's second half. Breyer chipped in with, I believe she had 13 as well, so. You know, um, but huge contributions by our, our bench kids. Sarah Imus comes in, gives us big minutes off the bench. And, and uh, really, that's defense was the key for us tonight, getting stops. We are looking at uh, kind of your numbers as the course of the game. It's kind of a story of two different teams. Coming into the night in the league, you're 0-3. Outside of the league, you're 10-2. and Your point differential is over 200. Just had that, yeah. that league bugaboo, so you got that off your back. Now, yeah. what do you think you, that does for your team the rest of the way? A lot of confidence. I mean, it is a Southwestern league, so that, it, every night's a tough night, but this is a huge confidence boost for, for our team. And, you know, moving on to we have Junction Friday and, and, and game Saturday, and then we got, you know, Fruit in Fruit's house next week. So um, it doesn't get any easier, but no. – this makes it taste a heck of a lot better. All right, Steve Skiff, coach of the Montrose girls basketball team after uh, last night's game. All right, uh, text or call the show, 970-242-1340. Thoughts about Sean Payton becoming the Broncos' next head coach. Tom Brady posting a video announcing his retirement, which leads us to sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Yes, TB12 for the second time ever retires on February the 1st. Uh, a uh, reference or a note that he references in his video. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured i just press record and let you guys know first. So I uh, won't be long-winded. Like you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So I uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. There's Tom Brady retiring for at least the second time <laughs> on February 1st. Once again, yep. let me know when the season starts. The other 364 then, days, Tom yeah. has never retired on any of those days. Yeah, I'm... I'm yep. Okay, sure. He's retired. I'll buy it. When the season starts and he's Seven not there playing. Seven months from now. Exactly. When he's not playing. Twelve months from now. Then I'm like, okay. Yeah. But then, like you said, what happens? Okay, during the season, he's working for Fox. Mm-hmm. Somebody gets hurt. It's a team that, maybe, yeah. it's, maybe it's the Niners. Maybe Brock Purdy gets hurt again. And they have a shot at winning a Super Bowl. 
Brady come out of retirement? Mm-hmm. I no, mean, Brock Purdy may not even be well. He won't the be guy to get injured one. this year. Yeah, <laughs> or, or just using that as an example. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. But could there be a, a situation where team that's a contender, quarterback gets hurt, Brady could be the difference for them, and he's like, what a great, what a great addition to my story. An eighth yeah. Super Bowl coming Come off the bench, riding in on the stallion, and then exactly. right off into the sunset, and win another Super Bowl. Yep. Who knows? Who's to say it couldn't happen? All right, seven forty-three. Your thoughts on Sean Payton becoming the Broncos' next head coach? Tom Brady retiring. It is a Wine About It Wednesday with Talon Wine. Text or call us, 970-242-1340. One quick wine from me. The other day, a stoplight, right-hand turn. Mm-hmm. Guy sitting there with his buddy in the passenger seat. Guy driving, has got his big gulp. Just shooting the breeze. Could have turned. Could have turned. Red light. Could have turned right. There was yeah. no, can't turn on right. Just sits there. Nobody coming. I wanted to honk, but I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be a jerk. It's like, turn. Pay mm-hmm. attention to what's going on. S- stop worrying about you know, sucking down your big gulp, talking to your bro, and pay attention to what's going on. Come on, man. It's ridiculous. That's my little line today. 744. Nuggets get the win against the Pelicans last night. We'll talk more about that next on the Jim Davis Show. I'm a big sports addict. I like sports. 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 This is the Jim Davis Show on the team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. 102.1 FM, Delta Montrose. Welcome back. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. Sean Payton, according to multiple reports... Adam Schefter, Tom Pelissero, Tom Pelissero, Ian Rappaport, that uh, the Broncos will make the deal for Sean Payton. First round of this year, the 29th pick, a second rounder next year. Denver gets a third round pick in 2024, and they get the services of one Sean Payton. And apparently part of the reason why it took so long on this deal, according to uh, Broncos unofficial mouthpiece Mike Kliss, 9 News, that Mickey Loomis wanted two first-round picks. That he saw a John Gruden-like deal in the offing. And that was something Payton had indicated. He, Sean Payton wanted the Saints to get what he felt was fair compensation. He didn't want to have them feel like that they were getting nothing in return in this deal. Right. And so apparently the Broncos held firm. We're not going to send you two, two first-round draft picks. And and so they, they were able to, they kind of negotiated back and forth. They held firm on it. So Denver only sends the first round pick, this year's pick, to the Saints for Sean Payton. And we'll dive into the numbers more for Sean Payton. But when you talk about offensive football, this is one of the best minds in the NFL. You know, whether, whether you have the, the bounty gate issue, you think he can be a bit too smug, Smartest guy in the room. From an offensive football standpoint, he, he has, usually is. He usually is the smartest guy in the room. So if you are critical of Sean Payton coming to Denver, mm-hmm. you've got to think about what you're getting in regard to the success he had in New Orleans. All right. So text calls 970-242-1340 on that. Tom Brady posting a video today. This is supposed to be it. Supposed yep. to be, he's done. 
He's retiring. Got some reaction to that today as well. I say we check in on the first of every month next football season and see if he's still retired. Like we'll do that. We'll have the Tom Brady watch. September, October, November, December, January. <laughs> see if he's still retired. All right, Denver Nuggets getting the win against New Orleans last night, 122-113. to A uh, big night for uh, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. They helped pace the, the win over the Nuggets last night. Uh, of course, Denver back at home after the three-game road trip. And uh, Joker, 26 points. Another triple-double to his resume. Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray excuse me, had 32 points, 10 of 21 from the field. He hit seven threes last night. Murray now with 771 three-pointers in his Nuggets career, surpassing, do you know who? I should. For second. But I don't. Guy that we've uh, remarked about his physique at times during his... Guy likes to take his shirt off. Guy like a blaze three over. J.R. Smith? J.R. Smith. Wow. Passes J.R. Smith for second all-time. Former Nugget Will Barton has the most, 804, by the way. And so uh, Denver gets a win last night. And uh, a guy's starting to get more and more minutes off the bench. His college basketball team, national champions from last year, got the, the win over Kansas State last night. Mm-hmm. Christian Brown with this four points, 14 minutes last night, but he had five rebounds getting more and more time. Scott Hastings, after the game, got the chance to talk with Brown about uh, the win over the Pelicans last night. We had to bounce back. Um, you know, like you said, we lost a tough one that was close, um, and then we made the right play um, at the end of the game. So just knowing we had to bounce back. Um, it's a good team win. A lot of minutes uh, in the last two games, too. Feel pretty good about how you're playing and, and things you're doing? Yeah, for sure. I think that um, the guys, get, you know, finding me in the right spots. I'm trying to be active and, like like I said, just help the team win. Um, and we're doing that uh, pretty well right now. we got a good bounce back win, so that's exactly what we, need, what we needed. All right, Nuggets guard Christian Brown. Denver gets a win last night. There was a stretch when I was watching last night, second quarter, where typically Michael Malone's tried to have either Jamal Murray or Nikola Jokic on the floor. Mm-hmm. Neither guy was on the floor. And Denver falls down by 10 points a couple different times in the second quarter. And you're kind of going, okay, okay, Coach Malone. Okay, um, one of them, Blue Arrow, Joker, yeah. somebody out there now. And fortunately, the game did not get away from them. But the, the bench is going to have to start to be able to, to to carry their water without even one of those guys on the floor. They've got to be able to do that at times. Yeah, their bench. And the I think that was bench. what Malone was trying to, yeah. to impart to his bench guys last night. Brown, Green, Brown, Highland, Najee. Those guys were all negative in the plus minus in the second quarter last night and you like you said you have to you I don't know if you can rely on Jamal Murray yet to be there every night especially going into the playoffs he's still recovering next year different story you can count on the Joker to be there for 35 minutes every night because he's just that type of player but you have to have some guys that you can turn to on the bench if a starter's just not getting it done or it's a matchup problem or whatever. And last night for the bench, they scored 122 points. Did the Nuggets? The bench had 21 of them. The starter scored 101 points, and that's just not going to get it done, and that's one of the reasons for me right now. I look at the standings in the NBA right now. Western Conference, Nuggets lead the Western Conference by two and a half games over Memphis. I have more confidence in, like, the fifth-place team in the West than I do the Nuggets to get the job done in May, June. Right, like Golden State, because they've done it before. Boston, Milwaukee. They're, and Golden then State's I get, deeper. Yeah, and then I get to the Nuggets, where it's like, I don't know if I can trust these guys when and if 
they're missing one of their starting five for an extended length of time. I think the potential is there for the bench to be a, a reliable part of this basketball team. Potentially, but, sure. But, but Michael Malone, I think last night, was trying to impart to that unit, we need you guys to not use Joker and Blue Arrow as a safety blanket. You guys can't yeah. expect them to come right into the rescue every single time. You need to carry, you need to hold up your end of the bargain here. And hopefully that will be the case for, for the Nuggets moving forward. But like you said, right, you know, right now, I mean, it's, you know, counting on, you know, Brown's getting more playing time. He's a rookie. Let's, let's be fair to him. But, you know, Bones Highland only had two points last night. And there's been the talk that he might get traded. Of course, he's also named to the Rising Stars uh, game for, for the All-Star game coming up. But, I mean, Jeff Green had eight points last night. You know, Brown's been pretty good for the most part, but you just you need more production from the bench. And they, I mean, we've seen that at times from like Zeke Naji, Highland, at, at times, Bruce Brown at times. There needs to be more consistency there for the Nuggets, I agree. I'm, I'm not as down on them as you are in terms of the bench, but it's a, it's a weakness right now, and it's something that could be exploited moving forward. Hour two coming up.